Paige Nelson is a traveling nurse who came from Canada to New York City during the very first COVID wave in April and May of 2020. She left her two young sons and her husband behind. And as I'm flying into New York, I had this moment of like, what on earth am I doing? Like, I've never been to New York City. I've never been in a gigantic city before. And then I had this like calm and this peace come over me like, you're here for a reason. They need your help. Just know that this is what you're supposed to be doing. She stayed for eight weeks in the intensive care unit at Hackensack Meridian Health in New Jersey. When she returned home, she knew things had changed. I thought it was okay. You know, like, I'm a nurse. Like, this is what we do is kind of like what I told myself. But I definitely got depressed. And um, I ended up needing counseling. And um, I started speaking with a lady who deals with trauma specifically. And uh, she diagnosed me with PTSD. Once she explained it to me, of course, I was like, yeah, that's uh, all the symptoms that I'm dealing with. Not everyone who has struggled to maintain their mental health during the pandemic has had post-traumatic stress disorder, but a lot of us are still struggling with everything that's happened. According to the World Health Organization, in the first year of the pandemic alone, there was a 25 percent increase in the prevalence of anxiety and depression worldwide. Dr. Dave Choksi was New York City's health commissioner during the pandemic. He says even members of his own family felt the effects. It's hard not to you know, get emotional when you think about about all of those effects and the loss, you know, that so many, so many people have experienced. In fact, Choksi says the epidemic of depression has taken a toll that may not be talked about as frequently, but is still there. Just as much as a virus does or a heart disease does, um, loneliness and isolation are health issues uh, and they have an impact on how we feel and our well-being. In the beginning, it was losing jobs and livelihoods and learning to work from home, sometimes while taking care of children, sometimes completely alone. Then as more people became sick, more of us lost relatives and friends. All of it has been a lot, says Dr. Amy Service, director of clinical content at the online therapy platform Talkspace. It's a struggle on our mental health. It's a struggle on our relationships. It's a struggle on our finances. There are so many things um, that are all incorporated into one. Her app lets people reach out when they need help. And she says people have certainly been doing that. Sometimes, though, it's hard to ask for help. Dimple Cavati-Berger is an integrated wellness coach from Creskill, New Jersey. She says her clients aren't necessarily telling her they need professional help. But I have seen just in my clients alone, people asking for more referrals, you know, people just starting to recognize that there's a fear that is that is lingering within them. Or there's just, you know, this feeling of just wanting to be done with this whole period. Part of the increase in stress, anxiety and depression is that we humans are perpetual worriers. And part of the reason for that, experts say, is the ceaseless flow of information we're constantly getting from our phones. Throughout the pandemic, how many of you found yourselves checking the latest numbers on COVID infections, hospitalizations, and deaths? Ohio State psychology professor Dr. Kenneth Yeager says the phenomenon of endlessly checking your phone and seeing negative news is called doom scrolling. We are negative animals. Uh, we're drawn to the negative. We are drawn to see the negative. We're intrigued by it. But the, the phenomena of doom scrolling is something that has such a negative impact on the mental health of the individual. And while you don't initially understand or see it happening, you begin to view the world as a much less safe place. And there's this insidious way that doom scrolling 
or giving attention to the negativity without balancing it with the positive has of impacting the human sense of safety and well-being. That's why it's so important to balance the emotions that we experience with the positive as well as the negative. The collective trauma we've all experienced is also not exclusive to adults. These past two years have been so hard on younger people that the American Academy of Pediatrics, the American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychology, and the Children's Hospital Association have all declared a national emergency in children's mental health, citing the pandemic in addition to other challenges that younger Americans were already facing. Being out of school and away from face-to-face contact from friends has been huge. Now, two years after they left classrooms, some students still haven't gone back. Among them, wellness coach Dimple Kavati Berger's son, Ash, a high school freshman who admits he is struggling with his own mental health, even when it comes to the right way to act again around friends. Yeah, not even like as far as like speaking, but just body language, like I'm always really worried that my body language is going to be like a little bit often someone's going to think I'm mad at them or like my facial expressions are going to be weird or something like that because they just like didn't have time to develop that skill. Student mental health is also one of the multiple things the nation's schools have been facing since the original lockdowns in March of 2020. If you or someone you know is facing a mental health challenge, call the CDC's hotline at 1-800-273-TALK or text SIGNS to 741 741. Sherry Preston, ABC News.